What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Here we are in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, that is Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode number 152. And a big show to get to today. And to help us get through this big show to my left, my one co-host, it's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? We are sitting in awkward date formation. <laughs> we are. We are. I didn't even. I didn't even realize that. Uh-huh. I mean, this is where we sit. This is where we sit. But it's it's uh, always okay when Joanna's here and she's sitting on the other side of the table, and we have a guest sitting on the other That's side of the table. Point. Right now, we're taking and occupying a four-person table, and we're sitting on the same side it, of the table. It is now that you mentioned it. It's really and weird. Three times when the music came on, Farley tried to hold my hand. <laughs> we're going to be sitting this way for the next hour, Docs. That mm-hmm. is kind of weird. People are going to be walking by, like looking at <laughs> yeah. us, because yeah. there is. I mean. It, if, if, if you haven't seen a picture of the, uh, the studios, there is a, uh, a window that's about 10 feet by 12 feet uh, mm-hmm. that, that looks, looks out into beautiful Clarendon, downtown Arlington, Virginia. And people can see us talking into these microphones. And you would think if it was just us two, we'd be sitting across from each other yeah. conversing. But we are, what'd you call it, awkward? What? It's awkward date formation. Okay, I, I didn't know that was the I don't like term it. for it. Well, it's not. It's mine. But I, I don't <laughs> like it when... Uh, you go to a restaurant and there's a couple and they're sitting on the same side of the table and yeah. the seats across them they're empty. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't. I think that's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I, I agree. One thing you and I agree on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Joanna E. Russo is not with us uh, here today in studio. She is in New Jersey preparing for the New Jersey Marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the elite uh, athlete coordinator. Uh, right. And, amongst other things, and she'll be working the race. I think working some timing as well. So. Uh, we'll catch up with her next week, uh, but in the meantime, Docs, we've got a very exciting guest today. I know. Super excited to have the Boston Marathon second place finisher joining us on the phone. Sarah Sellers will join us. Now, some would argue Sarah was the story of the Boston Marathon as she finished in second place. She was an unknown runner beforehand and beat you know some of the best runners in the world to finish uh in 2.44 in second place there on that just awful day weather-wise there at Boston. I bet she doesn't think it was an awful day. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. We're going to talk to her about that. Uh, It's really exciting to have her on the program today. Also, this past weekend was a Pacers running uh, big race, and I want to talk a little about the GW Parkway Classic 10-miler and 5K. Uh, Great time out there uh, this past weekend. We'll cover some of that. Uh, touch on the New Jersey Marathon, where, where uh, Joanna is right now. Also on today's program, I got a little bit of gossip I want to kind of share with you uh, about uh, hmm. the, 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 men, the men's winner of the Boston Marathon. Uh, we'll talk more Boston Marathon when we talk about uh, a, a loyal listener who has reached somewhat of a celebrity status because of something she did. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that. And also... Uh, there was a happy hour. There was. Last, uh, last Friday night. Even though if a tree falls in a forest, <laughs> it still makes a sound. It does. And uh, it was sparsely attended by the uh, host. I was going to say, a lot of people showed up. No, no, And a lot, and of, a lot of people up. had a good time. It yeah, was fun. It was. It, it but sounded yes, like a great it was time. sparsely attended by hosts. Yes. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, but I, I wanted to, to, to get to the, uh, 
to, to the GW Parkway 10 miler and 5k. Okay. Uh, that, that just happened it already this past happened. weekend. Yeah. It was just an unbelievable race. Uh, just big time props to the staff that puts on, uh, these Pacers running races. This is our marquee event, I believe. And it's it, your favorite race of the year. It's my favorite race of the year. I've said it many times. Yeah. I was happy. You've said it enough that I know that <laughs> I was happy to be able to run it myself. Uh, uh, and it's 10 miles from, you know, Mount Vernon down the GW Parkway, which is closed. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it was just a beautiful day into Old Town Alexandria. So an amazing day. Have, we've had tons of great feedback. Big props to Kathy and Lisa and the team for putting on just a flawless event. We had a great time. Two notable performances uh-huh. uh, that I wanted to mention. Don't uh, mention your own. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Um, uh, a betting man what? would bet that you were going to mention your own One notable performance then. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> two notable performances. I talked about uh-huh. the best story in running right now. Yes. Uh, is our friend Jamie Watts, who's been on this program before, mm-hmm. who uh, is running the New Jersey Marathon next week. Uh, she completed the 10-miler. The she had a 44-minute PR out there. Oh, wow. Congrats, so she, Jamie. She did the 10-miler, and that was her last long run in preparation for the New Jersey Marathon, which is this next week. So uh, just awesome, inspiring to see her out there uh, running that, that uh, GW Parkway Classic 10-miler. She is, of course, uh, the athlete with cerebral palsy who joined us on Pace the Nation a number of episodes back. Definitely a must-listen-to show. Uh, also, the other one that I wanted to mention, the other story from the other notable performance notable that's performance, not yours, that's <laughs> not mine, mm-hmm. is uh, Don Trilling. Don Trilling, ninety years yes. old, uh, finished his twenty seventh GW Parkway Classic uh, ten miler. Uh, he he is just an incredible person. Uh, he uh, goes out and practices on the GW Parkway uh, trail every Sunday, doing 10 miles, whether it takes him four, five, six hours. He does 10 miles every Sunday and then does a couple uh, uh, run walks during the week that are two miles long. And uh, that's how he trains for this race, and this is the one race he does every year. He's always bib number one, and at 90 years old, he finished the uh, awesome GW Parkway 10-miler. Very, very cool. Uh, I got a chance to talk with Don afterwards, and uh, he's got no plans of slowing down, so we'll see him for next year's as well. So those were the two notable performances. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't put mine in there. Good. So, uh, uh Nobody wants to hear yours. It, it was an awesome, <laughs> awesome weekend. Um, uh, so, I, I saw on social media mm-hmm. that um, I guess Steve was tweeting out some, some yep. trivia. Mm-hmm. And one of the trivia questions was, how long is the GW Parkway? Hint, it's not 10 miles. Right. Um, I didn't tweet this in because I, I got up. I woke up. Everybody was already done running for like hours and hours. I was just right. You got to do feet. it next year, Docs. You got to do it next year. Yeah, I forget. Hold- I think I was sleeping in that day. <laughs> Holding you to it. Um, but uh, I was, if I had tweeted in time, it, it, very timely, it would have been great if I had tweeted in and said, GW Parkway is 9.7 miles. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty good. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. But the the real answer is what sixteen miles? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, they they had uh, that's a that's a good question, Steve. You'll have to tweet that out. Uh, well, again. He, he did tweet out the answer. Well, tweet it out again for us uh, from Pace Nation. I think he tweeted out from Run Pacers. It was. They, they were doing some quizzes, and I didn't quite understand everything. But it was like quizzes for people while they're standing at the start line. Yep. So so you um, start. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was the last thing I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. 
uh, our announcer Mark at the start line, you know, because we bus everybody from Old Town to Mount Vernon. So you're you're yeah. you're waiting uh, for the race to start, and we've got our announcer there playing music and doing some trivia. And uh, one of the trivia, or, or one of the the not trivia, it was a uh, contest for whoever could come up the fastest with a downloaded episode on their phone of Pace the Nation. Mm-hmm. The first two uh, people who did that won prizes. Two people immediately run up to the to the stage yeah. and, and show their downloaded episode. So we appreciate you two for listening. We don't uh, appreciate you enough to say your names. Well, I didn't catch their names. <laughs> so uh, that was part of the that was part of the trivia slash contest yeah. we were doing at the beginning. Uh, and then I also I had two different people come up to me um, and mention that. Uh, Where's Docs? That, well, they they uh, mentioned <laughs> how the, how much they enjoyed the show and always nice to hear that stuff. Uh, Did so you do like me and go cool? No, no, I uh, I engaged them in, in, in more of a conversation. Good for you. I think we had a good dialogue with with you two, and I forget your names. I'm sorry, um, but really cool to see the Pace Nation Nation out there running uh, the races uh, that that we put on. Uh, and you know, one of them said, "You guys have tremendous chemistry," and I was like, "Wow, thank you." I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> It's true. It is true. Yeah, yeah. we do. We do. Um, so anyway, so the GW. But it's all screwed up because Joanna's not here right. today. Right, and we're on this awkward date mm-hmm. sitting here. Yeah. It's really And weird. I'm nervous about our date. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, um, well, I mentioned Jamie running the uh, New Jersey Marathon this, this weekend, Docs. Uh, excited about that race. The weather is still looking unbelievable for the entire weekend. Uh, Docs, we got to get you up there next year for that race. Uh, it's going to be for the time. half marathon for the I, half marathon. Mr. Mayor yeah. and I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> yes. on uh, marathons versus half marathons. Well, the half marathon is a phenomenal event. We'll get you up there next year. Uh, I mentioned the weather. The weather looks phenomenal uh, in New Jersey for that marathon. The weather was not phenomenal uh, for the Boston Marathon about a week and a half ago on Patriots Day. Um, it was probably as bad as I can remember the weather being for uh, that marathon or any marathon. You know, the race turned out uh, a lot differently than what uh, a lot of the experts had uh, predicted. Uh, We mentioned last week that, uh, you know, we had great performances uh, from Americans with Desi Linden winning the race, first time in 33 years, which was amazing. Uh, But also second place was an American Sarah Sellers uh, finished second place, uh, pretty much an unknown to come uh, in into Boston uh, and beat some of the best runners in the world. Uh, maybe the best running story I've heard in a long time. Oh, definitely. That's an understatement. <laughs> it is. It is unbelievable. Um, She's going to join us next on Pace the Nation. I, I, maybe I should ask her what the highlight of her running career is. I think that's probably a <laughs> yeah. Nah, was it was there, was there anything yeah. prior to second yeah. place in the Boston, Boston Marathon yeah. that would be your highlight? Yeah, that's a dumb question. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've never Let's talked. Save everybody before. some time and yeah. not ask that question. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but we we've never met her before. But we're really excited to have her on the program. Sarah Sellers, who finished second place at last week's Boston Marathon, joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the show. And now, Docs, we are excited to be joined by 
the second place finisher from this year's 2018 Boston Marathon. She's a celebrity now. It's Sarah Seller. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. So glad to be on. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for fitting us in. I mean, h- how is this newfound celebrity treating you? Um, it's been pretty great. I'm a little um, still in shock about it because I'm pretty low-key. Before now, I had posted once on Instagram in my life, so that's about <laughs> the, type of, the type of notoriety that I've had. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, not much on social media. We'll get into your d- discussion that you've had back and forth with Kara Goucher, which I think is pretty cool because you now are on Twitter and give us your Twitter handle. So people need to follow you right now. Let's get her, <laughs> let's get her another <laughs> thousand followers right now. What's the Twitter handle? Yeah, good. It's Sarah Hughes Sellers. All right. That's good. We'll post that at, uh, Pace the Nation as well, uh, on our Twitter, Twitter account. So Sarah, we're going to get into the race. Um, unbelievable! Congratulations. Uh, I mean, it really is life changing. But let's let's go back and and let's get so, some backstory for for some of our listeners here about who you are, what kind of runner you were, um, and it, that led you to the point where you're finishing second in a world marathon major. So, where are you from? And you know, tell us a little about your running growing up. Yeah, I'm from Ogden, Utah. Um, in the mountains of the Wasatch Mountain, Utah. Um, went to Ogden High School, uh, started running in middle school. Uh, my parents started running uh, in the morning be- on the trails before school. So I joined them on their runs. Um, I loved it. I loved being outside. I loved spending time with them. I felt like I was missing out if I wasn't out there with them. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, yeah, I ran um, in high school. I uh, ran through Weaver State University in college. Um, I had outstanding um, coaches all the way from middle school um, through college. Um, and two of my high school coaches, um, Olivia Barton and um, Colonel Don Hall, um, they really gave me a lot of uh, belief in myself and um, not just belief that I had ability, but more belief that um, I had the capacity to work hard. Um, so that's kind of how I'd always tried to picture myself um, in terms of running was that, um, you know, I might not necessarily, I think everyone has talents to varying degrees and um, some people might be ways of significantly more talented than me. Um, So I was going to try to not let people outwork me. And, and you were, you mentioned you ran at Weber State and, and, you know, you were, uh, you were a a really good college runner, nine time big sky conference champion, uh, would you have have been a professional runner had you not had that uh, stress fracture that you had in your navicular bone? Would you have been a a, a professional runner? You think would would your path been different had you not got injured in college? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, that was kind of my dream in college. Um, I trained with uh, Lindsay Anderson. She went to the Olympics in the steeplechase. She's made world championship teams in the steeplechase. Um, so when I started running at Weber State. Um, Lindsay, it was pretty soon after Lindsay had made the Olympic team. And she was currently, um, she was a Weaver State alumni, and she was currently um, training with and even helping coach the team some. Um, so I really looked up to her a lot, and I thought it would be pretty awesome if I could follow a similar path as post-collegiate running and, yeah, kind of follow her footsteps. Well, it wasn't the path that you took, though, because you've, you've, you've taken on, I mean, you are a perfect. 
So you're, I mean, you're not a professional runner. I mean, you've got a full-time gig as a nurse anesthesiologist. <laughs> anesthesiologist. Help me out, Doc. This, this is going to take a long time for him to pronounce it. How yes. about if you just help him out? <laughs> Put him out of his misery. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're good. It's an anesthetist. You did great. I, I wasn't even close. But a nurse anesthetist. All right. Yeah, you're Don't right, try, Doc. Don't, Don't try. stop trying. So what does that mean? What do you do uh, with, with, at your full-time job? Yeah, so um, I deliver anesthesia, um, and I work full-time. Um, the hospital that I work at, um, we um, have several nurse anesthetists. Um, there's also an anesthesia residency program, and there's our anesthesiologists, so we're all kind of um, part of the anesthesia delivery model for, for our hospital here. And I do know what that – I do know that th- those are the people who – help patients <laughs> go under, right? That's the, the, exactly, exactly. You yep. kind of and administer the drugs. help them wake up. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. But you, but you, so you it's, not what, a risk. it's not that cool if, if you just go to sleep, you don't wake up. No, I don't wake up. I, I hope that doesn't happen under your watch very often. Yeah, no, better not. <laughs> right. Well, that, so that sounds like a, a obviously a full-time gig, and you're able to fit in a lot of running in between. When do you do your running? So training for Boston, um, I, I work four days a week, so I pretty much run at four in the morning um, and on days that I work. Um, and then I run two days. Um, training for Boston, I was doing two days three times a week. So, um, yeah, running after work at like six or seven um, a few times a week. What what kind of shifts are you working at the hospital? Like- uh, so it's... Like I get there like six thirty in the morning and then leave at like five for five thirty in the evening. Is it wow. eleven so it's, not, it's, not, it's not terrible, right? Oh, it's, that sounds terrible to me. <laughs> but it's it's <laughs> it's like uh, Monday through Friday. You're not working night shifts and day shifts and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. No. So that's been awesome because in school, um, when I went to nurse anesthesia school, I was doing kind of rotating night shifts and things. Um, but right now, at least, yeah, it's all day shifts. So do, you, do you think that you could have trained doing the inconsistent schedule? Because it sounds like you got a consistent schedule, and that's got to be super important, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh, if I was um, doing, yeah, rotating between days and nights, like I was in, in there's Anthony school, that's kind of why I didn't, um, during school, why I didn't pursue um, getting back into hard workouts or racing, mm-hmm. um, because... I guess going looking back at college, um, I think that's um, a key reason that I ended up with a pretty severe navicular stress fracture. Um, you know, I was in nursing school, um, trying to run at a com- very competitive level, and um, yeah, sometimes doing night shift clinicals and um, just yeah, not getting hardly any sleep. So I think that definitely contributed, and I didn't want to end up in the same situation now <laughs> yeah and it's amazing now you do know your competitors out there who you beat all but one of them uh they, they're like taking naps during the day and all that i mean you you yeah. realize that right yeah and you know i think for me i need a balance like i'm going to try to um cut back the hours i'm working but i also i think if i was 100 percent full-time runner which kudos to them but if i was doing that like i would be a head case and i would probably do worse <laughs> so I think I need the balance of both. Well, uh, let's get into the Boston Marathon. What kind of training were you doing uh, 
leading into the marathon, what kind of mileage, uh, what kind of workouts? You must have been pretty confident coming into the uh, the marathon this year, right? Yeah, so uh, I started training for it um, back in, I think, late October uh, slash November. Um, and basically, as soon as I recovered from my first marathon, um, kind of started building up my mileage. Um, prior to that, I'd been running about 50 to 60 miles a week um, over the summer. So then I increased my mileage to an average of like 85, 90. Um, I peaked at about 100 miles a week um, training for Boston. And then I typically do like two speed workouts during the week. And then um, every three, few weeks I'll do like a hard, um, we call like a long sustained run where um, kind of simulating being able to hold a somewhat of an uncomfortable pace um, and not burn yourself out, like being able to maintain that. So I think those long sustained runs were pretty key over probably my best workouts leading up to Boston. Now your coach by Paul Pink, uh, is it Pelkington? I think that's his name. Yeah, Paul Pelkington. Uh-huh. Paul P- Pelkington, and, and he coached you to a marathon win at the Huntsville Marathon in Utah. So you qualified for the Boston Marathon there. Um, so had you not qualified for the marathon, you wouldn't have been in this race, which is crazy. And also what's crazy is that you probably wouldn't have run if it wasn't been for your brother actually your younger younger brother was racing is that all true yeah exactly so i actually um the only reason i ran the huntsville marathon which is a beautiful race the only reason i ran it though was um to qualify for boston um i didn't do a single marathon specific workout leading up to it um i had been running some base mileage over the summer you know like 50 to 60 a week um but wasn't doing you know i, I think i had thrown in a couple like 18 milers here and there, but I hadn't done any speed work, tempo work, um, specific marathon long runs. So really the Huntsville marathon was, um, basically because Ryan and my brother was like, Oh, I'm going to run Boston next year. So <laughs> Huntsville, Huntsville was literally on the last day to qualify for Boston. <laughs> so I just signed up and went up to Utah and ran it. So he's basically responsible. I assume you're splitting your winnings check with him. Since he's responsible yeah. for you running, yeah, exactly. I owe him. You do because it was a hefty check, and we'll uh, we'll get to that later in the interview. Um, so you qualify for Boston, obviously. You run two forty four at Huntsville. Uh, so did, did that qualify you for the Olympic trials, or were you still looking for an Olympic trials qualifier? Yeah, I'm still looking for a qualifier because it wasn't a qualifying course. Okay, got it. They, so, don't, they don't count courses that drop like almost 4,000 feet. <laughs> oh, wow. So I didn't realize that was yeah. such a, a net downhill. That's incredible. So, yeah. so you, uh, so it does qualify you for Boston. So you're obviously looking for the, uh, Olympic trials qualifier at, uh, the Boston marathon. Um, what are your thoughts as you, you, you know, you see the weather and are you thinking this is, are you ever thinking, man, I should just not even run it and do another race. Cause the weather's going to be so bad. I mean, for me, no, because, um, you know, I had already bought plane tickets. I paid for the entry fee, um, and, you know, I didn't know when else I'd get an opportunity to um, to get to jump in another marathon. So it was never a question to me of whether or not I was going to run it or even whether I would finish it. Um, but it was very disheartening looking at the weather report. Um, I 
you know, even two weeks out, it was showing there'd probably be headwinds. <laughs> and that's really, that's really the only thing that concerned me about the weather. Like having it be cold and rainy wasn't that big a deal, but the strong headwinds definitely I was concerned about. What, what were you thinking going into the race? Like what, what, what would have been a, a, a good result for you? Uh, so before the weather report started showing, right, you yeah. know, that we were going to run the monsoon, I was hoping for the Olympic trial of A standards. Mm-hmm. Um, then once, once I kind of came to terms with the fact that this is what we're, we've been given, um, then it was more about, um, place and, um, you know, I thought, I think I was seated 40 seconds. That was my bib numbers. I think I was like 40 seconds fastest time in um and i felt like if i was top 15 that would be pretty remarkable um the reason i actually chose that was i knew that 15th place was the last place to get prize money and i wanted <laughs> like the bragging i wanted the bragging rights of getting prize money at boston so that's why i was like top 15 <laughs> well you accomplished that uh, um so a lot of a lot of casual fans don't realize there is a separate women's start it starts at 9 30 uh, so you're obviously in that start. Uh, how, what's the process of getting into that start? Uh, was it difficult? I mean, you're, you're going to get into it whenever you want to now, but uh, initially getting into it, was that difficult? Yeah, I actually, I mean, I just signed up normally, um, didn't send any special emails or anything. And when they sent out what wave I was starting in, um, I was actually surprised that I was starting in the elite wave mm-hmm. um, because I'd seen, you know, they published the list of the John Hancock top 20 athletes in the field and based on the slowest of the top 20 having a time of 230 I was like there's no way that I'm going to be a new week right, right. And, and, and unfortunately I believe if you would run that time in the regular start you would not have because I believe it's based on gun time and finishing. I, I'm not sure exactly how it works but I, I'm not sure you would have qualified to be that second place finisher even if your time was second Right, exactly. Yeah, and I wouldn't have gotten any prize money. Yeah, you don't get prize money if you're not. Wow, not start. it's it's, it's unbelievable. Unbel- How fortunate! <laughs> I know it's unbelievable. All right, yeah. So you're you're uh, you're in the elite start. You look around. Everybody's got like, I mean, winter coats on, like rain jackets that are waterproof. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it it must have been surreal there right before the race right like describe the weather, describe the atmosphere, the scene uh, right before you guys got started. Yeah, it was very surreal. It was because, um, you know, in the training leading up to Boston, I kept trying to visualize what the day was going to be like. And at no point did I visualize feeling like I was in a car wash. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's what it felt like. Like, it was just, it was very cold. Um, and I think the combo of the wind and the rain just made it. So, you know, I run in temperatures, like I'm sure most runners have, you know, run in temperatures colder than the mid thirties plenty of times, but mm-hmm. I think the combo of like the headwind and the rain just made it. So it just went right through you. And, um, so I tried to get in a good warm up, and I, I wore a ridiculous amount of clothes before the race. I had, I had like five jackets and three pants and, um, and then, yeah, for the, for the start of the race, um, I just had one extra rain jacket on and then, um, I took that off after, after about three miles, and kind of my thought process was that, um, you know, you can't protect yourself from the rain. You're going to get wet, and 
um, I wanted to have like one layer that would keep me warm um, for the first few miles before my heart rate was up and before I was really, um, you know, producing much heat. Mm-hmm. And then once that once I was warmed up, get rid of that layer and have, um, you know, I just had a tank top and arm sleeves after that because um, I think anything else and you're not it, it doesn't actually protect you from the the wind and the rain. That's just what, I agree. Heavier. I, I agree. I mean, I saw a lot of these elite women with, with jackets on. And so you took your jacket off pretty quickly. I mean, I would think as the wind, and I was just showing docs, a picture of uh, a, well, a video, a video, I'm sorry, a video of the wind. And they look like gale force force winds of 30 miles an hour. I would imagine the, the jacket would act sort of as a sail and hold you back. So you got rid of your jacket pretty early. What mile, what mile did you get rid of your, your, your coat or jacket or whatever else you had on? Yeah, I think it was between mile two and three. So, yeah, it was pretty much as soon as my heart rate was up and I was going, I started to get rid of it. What was the worst thing you remember about the elements? Like, was there a moment where you were like, wow, you said a car wash. That's a great, great analogy. Was there any moment where you're like, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? I mean, I kind of, you know, tried to just stay positive. And probably the hardest point was um, there were a few points before the halfway mark where um there were a few miles when i was by myself and um the morning of the race um again once i'd come to terms that like this is what the cars we've been dealt right. it's gonna just be a, a nightmare out there like um my plan was um i'm going to be in as many groups as i can like mm-hmm. can't be out there by yourself fighting the wind it's just not an option so it was definitely nerve-wracking when there were some i made a few breaks um, before the halfway point when um, it, I felt like I was taking a big risk because on the one hand I was running there were a couple points where I was running with a group of women um, and as a group we kind of started to slow so I felt like I needed to um, make a break but then that also meant you know I'm kind of in no man's land um, and actually one of the groups that I was running with um, you know our pace kind of started to Lock in, and I actually said to the other girls, I was like, um, let's start rotating. I'll take this half mile, and we're going to rotate. And someone, a couple of them were like, yeah, let's do that. So I went to the front, and I tried to get back on um, the pace that um, was kind of my goal pace for the considering conditions. I looked back after, like, 30 seconds, and nobody's with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you dropped them all. <laughs> that was not the plan. <laughs> Where'd they go? Who, who were you running with? Like, did you know any of them or? Honestly, I need to go back and look. Yeah. I'll tell you, you you were, you were actually running with our, our, uh, two weeks ago's guest, uh, Kira Diamato. Uh, she was, Oh yeah. yeah. Uh So you were running with her for a while. Um, she had similar PR to you and, uh, you know, there was, there was, I mean, you were running with a lot of, of, you know, the, the, these women who had the 30th and. 25th best times uh in the race but and that's that's what i was trying to say yeah. was like so can, can you describe the, the field for us to so that so that our listeners have an, an appreciation mm-hmm. for uh where you are in the race early on yeah so early on i think i was somewhere in the mid 30s so i think there were 56 women that started in the elite field um the top 20 of those were with the john hancock fields and like i said the um, lowest 
uh, number 20 was like a 230 yard. Right, right. So um, just an insane field. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I was seated 42nd, so I was definitely kind of towards the back of the pack in terms of, yeah, like the elite, like the, the PRs going into the elite field. So, yeah, you mentioned, so you're probably mid-30s through the halfway mark or maybe a little before half. You run 122.05 through the halfway point. Uh, how did you feel at that at that moment when you got through the half? You must have been like, all right, I actually feel pretty good, right? Yeah, I felt pretty good, and all of this was tempered by the fact that I'm just nervous that, um, you know, the headwind is going to start burning people up, mm-hmm. including me, um, and uh, – so, yeah, running through the halfway, I remember thinking, like, oh, I can run, like, one minute slower and for my second half and still get the B standard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah, All I marathoners, also, you make deals with yourself as, as you go during the race. All marathoners know that for sure. Um, yeah, exactly. The, the key is making deals that, that aren't true but then sticking with them. Right. <laughs> That's good advice. I like that. That is really good advice. Well, you ne- you actually negative split, which is incre- which is incredible because the hill, anybody who's run Boston, a lot of our listeners have, uh, you know, the hills get rough. Uh, you've got Heartbreak Hill. You've got a number of hills uh, throughout the second half of the course. Uh, at what point did you start passing people and be like, oh, wow, that's a uh, 230 marathoner right there that I passed, or there's Molly Huddle there, or whoever it, it was, were there moments along the way on the second half where you thought, what, what am I doing? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I remember, uh, some of the spectators calling out somewhere. We probably around my, I don't know, close to mile 20, I think, um, yelling that Shalane Flanagan was just up the next hill. And, um, yeah, I was like, what is that? Did they just say that? <laughs> they must then, be wrong. Like, I mean, you know, a lot of times these spectators, they don't know what they're talking about, right? Yeah, so exactly. Thought. Somebody who exactly. looks like Shalene. Right. <laughs> well, then I remember, um, like, consciously thinking to myself, like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling rain, I'm feeling wind, I'm feeling these things, so this, I don't think this is a dream. And, like, trying to just figure out, like, is this real life or not, if I'm, like, passing people. Yeah, and uh, it, it 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 probably hits you uh, not until the the very end, and and, and we'll we'll get there. Uh, but describe those last, um, you know, maybe the, that last ten k after you get over Heartbreak Hill. Yeah, so I actually felt I was nervous, um, you know, having to see only my second marathon um, in my training. Like the hills, the Newton Hills, were what I was the most nervous about, mm-hmm. um, and. Actually, when I ran the hills in the marathon, like they were probably one of the easier parts of the race, and I think that was because um, whether this was the case or not, it felt like there was less wind on the hills because it felt like you know the wind like picked up on the flat and the down, but that the uphill kind of shielded the wind a little bit. So to me, like running up the hills um, was noticeably easier than running straight into the headwind on the flatter part. Um, so coming off the hills, uh, I felt strong. Like uh, I still was nervous that um, you know I I didn't want to go too early. So I kind of just tried tried to uh, stay strong for mm-hmm. probably the next three miles or so. And it wasn't until mile twenty three, twenty four um, that I decided like um, yeah, I feel good enough that I'm going to go now. And um, 
I didn't pick it up that much, but I tried to um, just mentally start hammering it. And um, I thought at that point I still had enough left. Do you, do you feel like, I mean, all runners, uh, marathoners talk about the wall. Do you feel like that wall hit you at any point? Uh, no, I don't think so. And I can say that because I, I got to know the wall very well at the Huntsville Marathon. Right. <laughs> so right. well, I that, know what that was like, and I... I mean, there's there's a there's a big difference between training for it and not training for it. You can definitely say that now. Yes, exactly. So you know, you're you're closing uh, the last few miles, and you decide to just go after it. Um, At any point, did you know what place you were as you come down the last couple miles? I had no idea. Wow. And actually, like it's funny because I. I think the the last turn onto Boylston Street, um, you know, I can't remember, is that 600 meters out or something? Yeah. Anyways, um, it's a turn that everybody should know. Um, well, I saw a video that one of the spectators took, and I'm like, I'm not turning. I'm just, like, running straight into the crowd. And then I, like, <laughs> kind of halfway stop and then, like, turn kind of, and everyone's, like, laughing and, like, yelling at me to turn. And <laughs> so that's that's kind of how out of it I was. Like I was kind of, um, I mean, I felt strong, but I also was, um, I don't know, like my brain was the consistency of applesauce at that point. So So there is a, so there is a, there is a video of that, Sarah, Steve, we got to track down that video. Uh, Steve, (laughs) we want to tweet that video out or maybe you can connect us with the video. Our listeners would love to see that video. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to it. see the video. I know. So, so you're kind of out of it. Yeah. Boylston street's about a half mile, maybe yeah, 600 yards to the, to the finish. So you, you fortunately don't run into the crowd and then make that last turn where it's just a straight away shot to the finish line on Boylston and describe that for us. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just felt like running through like this screaming tunnel of people. And, um, I mean, it was, it was exciting, but it was also like, um, like I didn't know if they were they seemed super excited and I thought like wow maybe <laughs> I'm feeling way better than I thought right. but then actually like 150 meters from the finish um, Yuki who won the men's race obviously he passed me at oh. that point and um, when he passed me I was like oh no like they're just excited for Yuki <laughs> like maybe I'm not doing that good <laughs> oh, that's, um, oh, that's hilarious right and and, and again our, our uh for our listeners the, the 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 men's race starts I guess 30 minutes after you guys start uh so yeah so he was about yeah. 30 minutes and yeah it was obviously a 30 minute difference yeah so that 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 makes sense yeah, so exactly. so you're thinking oh well they're, they, they weren't cheering for me uh, they were just cheering for the w- men's winner. Um, that, that, that's got to be a little uh, deflating there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I crossed the finish line, and I watched the video of me crossing, and it's like the most unenthusiastic. I, like, crossed the line, <laughs> and I stopped my watch, and I, like, <laughs> yeah, I just kind of walked through the shoot, and I, yeah, I remember walking up to the officials standing in the finish shoot, and, um, like, what place am I? Do you know what place I am? And, um, one of the officials grabs me and she's like, you're second place. And I'm like, no, I'm not. What place am I? And she's like, no, you're second. I'm like, no, I'm not. And she's come down and repeat you, you're second. And I was just like, there's no way. <laughs> Did you think you were like second, maybe, I don't know, second, uh, in your age group or something like that? Or exactly. I was like, she's got to be talking like category something. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's no way. 
That's that's amazing. I mean, yeah, I have, I, and we'll tweet out the video of you finishing uh, as well at Pace the Nation. The, the announcers, they didn't know your name. <laughs> they only knew your name because of the uh, because of you, the, you, the your bib. bib. The bib says sellers on it. Um, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're you're not one of like you said in that John Han- Hancock top top athlete. So you don't have a bio on the site. Uh, you're 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 basically yeah. a, a pretty much an unknown to these folks. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. Well, and I actually remember, um, you know, I'm kind of out of it, obviously, coming down the home stretch, and I remember hearing the announcers. I don't remember hearing my name, but I remember hearing them talk about second place, and it never occurred to me that that was me. I just thought like they were talking about the woman who was in second place <laughs> ten minutes ago or whatever. Like, <laughs> Wow. Uh, so what point did you realize that you won $75,000? Uh, so that same official um, actually told me, like, you had your second place, and you, won, you just won $75,000. And um, I don't think that really computed until um, my coach texted me that um, a little bit later when I got my stuff. And, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, that, that really happened. <laughs> Now, when when uh, when the lady was telling you that you got second place, and you were saying, "No, I didn't." What place am I? She's like, "You got second place." No, I didn't. And then she's like, "Well, you won seventy five thousand dollars." Did you stop arguing with her? Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Sir. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't I don't I don't blame you. Um, so your brother was obviously there. Was your husband? I mean, this is a moment where you know m- most most elites finish and they're embraced by their coach, their husband, you know, their their parents, whoever. Um, I, I didn't yeah. necessarily see that uh, entourage for you at the at the finish line. Were they there? Uh, so my husband and my mom had gotten to the finish. Um, they had actually my both my parents and my husband um, had seen me at the start, and then about mile twelve. And then um, the the spectators obviously are what make Boston mm-hmm. um, pretty iconic, but it also makes it a huge logistical challenge <laughs> right. to get to the finish. So, like, um, my husband Blake had gotten to the finish, um, like, right at basically 30 seconds after I uh, got to the finish shoot. He um, got to the railing um, right along the finish shoot, and... Um, somehow I saw him right there and um, I walked up to him and I, and I was still just in like this dreamland of not sure if um, you know I'm like in some movie or dream or something and I <laughs> walk up to him and I'm like Blake do you know what place I got and there's no place for you like I was second and um, I was kind of expecting him to be like no no you weren't second they told you you were 20 seconds but right. he was he just started like hugging me and jumping up and down. He was, and that was, I think, the first time it became real was when I saw how excited he got. And I was like, oh, that actually happened. <laughs> That's it's it's incredible. I mean, uh, these elites, uh, the, the elites, other than you, I mean, they have their their families, and they next year you'll probably your 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 mom and your husband will probably get the uh, the VIP go anywhere pass where it'll be mm-hmm. <laughs> there'll be fast yeah. track because you're right I was yeah. actually I was at the uh, Lennox hotel watching inside and then I went outside and saw you finish uh, you were the last person I saw fast I saw Yuki finish and I saw her finish and then I headed off to the airport but 
we mm-hmm. we were we were uh, we we had a party there at the finish line, and it was everybody was staying inside. It was so I mean it was so bad weather wise that everybody was looking for shelter. So I think that says a lot about what Boston is that the fact there were so many people out there that you were describing, and that is what makes the Boston Marathon the Boston Marathon is the people and Patriots Day. Uh, it, it was just incredible, yeah. despite the weather. Uh, you, I, I'm sure your, your your perception of the Boston Marathon has changed now as we are a week and a half uh, later from the race. Oh, drastically. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm grateful for all the officials in any race, but I think um, not just being Boston, but being Boston that day with that weather, um, yeah, it was pretty remarkable. Like, even <laughs> I, so I didn't get my own... Um, water bottles on the course you know the um the top i'm not sure how many athletes um they get their own water bottles every three miles um and i was getting like the the normal dixie water cups and um i'm pretty bad at taking those and i'm sure like i poured water on more than one little volunteer standing there so right public apology for that <laughs> right <laughs> Well, luckily for them, they were they were standing out in a monsoon for six hours, so they were already soaking wet. That's true, exactly. When when an elite drops out, can you take their water? <laughs> like at the mile eighteen, yeah, exactly. and you know that somebody's not yeah. there anymore. Exactly. Because you're right, sir. I'll I mean, that next time. it is a, it is a lot easier to carry those bottles than the, the the little Dixie cups. I mean, that's I'd say at least five minutes to your time. I mean, you're gonna run. Yeah. Two, you're gonna break two forty easily in the monsoon next year. Um, well, life has definitely changed for you, uh, as, as you finish, when you finish second in the, in the, the Boston marathon, uh, just, I mean, to put it in perspective here, where we are in American distance running for women, uh, you had a woman win the New York city marathon in November, and then a woman win the Boston marathon and a woman come in second American women, uh, all American (laughs) women, uh, You know, talk about where we are, American distance running, uh, these world marathon majors. You guys are cleaning up. Yeah, and I think it's pretty remarkable because on the world stage, it's more competitive than ever. So I think that um, the fact that Des and Shalane um, won won New York and Boston, um, that says a lot for the state of where American women are doing on the world stage. Um, And... I am just excited for one to be witnessing that and two to um, now have the opportunity to pursue being a part of that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I don't know what my potential is. I feel like um, the thing that makes uh, distance running um, very cool and what keeps you grounded is the fact that no matter how much, attention or notoriety an athlete gets it comes down to waking up and putting in the work the next day like you still have to make yourself hurt every day in practice and um and train smart but ultimately like um i think it's it's exciting to me that i feel like i have opportunities now to really pursue that and to put in the work and like see where that can take me Uh, you have tremendous opportunities now i mean you're you're, you Will qualify that qualified you for the Olympic trials despite the weather, which is crazy. You can go get that A standard, but I mean, you're going to be able to run in, in races that you would have probably never uh, thought you would be able to run in. So, what's next? Yeah. I mean, like, wh- what are you thinking running wise? What's next for you? 
uh, probably some shorter races over the summer, um, like some 10Ks and um, shorter things on the road, and then um, hopefully a fall marathon. Um, I haven't decided on one specifically, but um, hopefully the next goal is to start um, chipping away at times and um, just, you know, my my times, like, across the board, my 10K time is probably the best time I have, but even still, like, I need to... I need to put in a lot of work and get faster. So I'm excited to um, to start putting in the work and hopefully um, get those times down. The the Boston Marathon's on Monday. <laughs> you have Tuesday off from work, and then you go back to work on Wednesday. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> so thankfully, um, my work gave me Wednesday off. So I got I came back Thursday. Um, I I got home at two thirty in the morning on Wednesday. Um, hadn't slept in, I don't know, felt like a year, but probably in three days. I'm sure, <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> think, yeah. Thankfully, I hadn't, didn't work on Wednesday, and I came back on Thursday, and um, yeah, it was pretty cool to come back, and, and my coworkers are um, amazing, and they had chocolate cake for me for breakfast, and it was pretty great. <laughs> cake for breakfast. Is, that is pretty great. I yeah. want to get second place in the Boston awesome. Marathon. That's a nice perk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's cool that they've been so um, supportive of just pursuing this, and um, yeah, like they're nothing but excited, and that's like it's very humbling, but it's very uh, like I'm just grateful for for their support. So I, I was I was curious if they were even aware that that uh, you went to Boston and, and pursued <laughs> this, or if you just came back and they're like, oh, how was your holiday? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, not very many people knew that I was going to Boston. Um, so I think it pretty much everyone knew, like, once once I finished what happened. But, yeah. It was so they kind of found kind out of cool about it on the news or watching Sports Center or listening to Pace the Nation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Exactly. Well, you, you have uh, – we're going to get you out of here, Sarah. Really appreciate your time. Um, you, you've you've – uh, posted one time on instagram before the marathon so hopefully we can get you uh get you posting because now people are really interested uh so what is the instagram handle um just sarah sellers sarah sellers all right that's easy so everybody follow her on instagram and then you had a uh a nice interaction with kara goucher um on 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 uh twitter tell us about that yeah kara goucher um tweeted out congrats on the boston marathon and then um uh, called me out for not having a Twitter account. <laughs> so based on that, I joined Twitter. How'd you, and, f- how'd you find yeah, out that she called you out? Uh, some one of the other runners told me. Cause, yeah, I had no idea. Oh, that's right. Again, so, it's Sarah Who Sellers. So uh, Sarah, your first name, Who as in uh, W-H-O and then Sellers. And <laughs> obviously uh, it's a great – uh, it's a great Twitter handle for you because that's what probably people were saying uh, as you finished the race. Obviously, that's how you came yeah. up with it, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Sarah Who Seller. So a new a new follow. So now we got you. We got people following you on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, now the high expectations okay. have started for your social media game. Um, are you nervous about that? I mean, they're going to have to realize that I'm going to keep being who I am, which is. <laughs> 
boring a lot of times, so you're going to get a lot of glimpses <laughs> into Sarah's boring life. <laughs> this is Sarah nice. eating a protein shake for dinner again. Yeah, this chocolate is cake for breakfast. The same yep. muffins again. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, we, we uh, look forward to, to seeing how you do um, moving forward. I mean, this is only the beginning for you. Uh, I, I hope you stay healthy. Um, and, and, you know, we, we uh, look forward to following you. And, and maybe we can get you on the show uh, down the road. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. All right, I really appreciate yeah, it. That's Sarah Seller. She was the second place finisher at the Boston Marathon. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, thanks so much, there she goes. Sarah Sellers on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Sarah Sellers for joining us today on Pace the Nation. She was the second-place finisher at the Boston Marathon. Give her a follow. Docs, give her a follow. Mm-hmm. It's Sarah Who Sellers on Twitter, and Sarah Sellers on Instagram. Both those are must-follows now. I'm looking forward to tracking her protein shake <laughs> right, uh, right. routine. Don't expect, yeah, don't expect a lot of bits. Don't mm-hmm. expect a lot of social media bits. It's going to be normal, regular mm-hmm. Sarah Sellers. But I, I agree with Sarah that. Sarah who Sellers? Yeah, Sarah who Sellers. I agree with that philosophy. Just stay you. Yeah. Keep being you. I Actually, I did like that. I liked it, like that. That uh, that she said that to everybody. She's like, "All right, I'll I'll get on social media, but I ain't gonna change." <laughs> yep, it's great. Uh, well, things definitely have changed. It's great for her to join us. Uh, things have changed now that she's been on Pace the Nation. Obviously, mm-hmm. things have changed. If she thought that uh, her life changed from the second place finish at the Boston Marathon, she's in for it now. No doubt. Uh, she was. She's. I didn't. We didn't mention this with her, but uh, she's not a sponsored runner. You know, she's wearing some New Balance shoes. Uh, and a couple other mix you know, and match. Mix and match. Yeah. I think New Balance should take a good look at uh, Sarah Sellers. Maybe they, Pace yeah. the Nation should sponsor her. <laughs> can can we like sponsor her until somebody else steps up? All right, let's do that. All right, I'm I'm, I'm I think that's a great idea actually. So uh, somebody get in contact. All right, we'll contact her. We'll, we'll see what her rates are. Like we always do. Uh, she has to listen this far in the interview. <laughs> In, in order right. to benefit. And if she doesn't hear this, then... Then, then uh, she loses out on the Pace Nation sponsorship. She loses out on the Pace Nation sponsorship. The lucrative Pace Nation sponsorship. Well, I, let's not use words that aren't correct. That's it's true. not going to be lucrative. And <laughs> and uh, anybody else comes along, they will outbid us. <laughs> so we'll, we'll put a provision in there that if, if you get a better offer, yeah. take it. Because uh, our offer is basically going to be... I think we can do a singlet with the Pace yeah. Nation logo on we it. We definitely could do that, yeah. That couple, would be amazing. A couple pairs of shoes. I like whoosh she's getting a better deal than me now all of a sudden (laughs) i know all right well that was awesome to have sarah sellers uh on the program second place i just can't believe second place at the boston marathon and who do you think's more excited about her second place finish her or you i I was nervous for that interview docs i I was you were i I was like i'm not you know i don't get nervous for you were noticeably shaken i was let's let's say this uh, I am. I parked my car. I'm walking to the studio. It's ten minutes before You're the, to the be interview. There. Right. It's ten minutes before I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And Farley sends me a text message saying, uh, "Doc, so you know we're doing this interview today. Are you coming? Whatever." This is the guy who's always average on average, fifteen <laughs> minutes late to everything we do. And, and 10 minutes ahead of time while I'm walking, he's like, are, are you even coming? Like, what's going on? Were you usually early? I was getting a little nervous. <laughs> 
Well, I got to thank you, Docs, because you're the one who planted the seed to mm -hmm. uh, get Sarah on. So that you're the, you're the reason why we initially contacted her. And a big thanks to Kellen Sung of the Washington Post, who did a great article on uh, on Sarah, and she's and he's the one who actually connected us with her. Yeah. So big props to uh, you and uh, especially Kellen uh, for making that interview possible. We will tweet out the link to Kellen's article, uh, his Washington Post article that uh, got a lot of run. Got a lot of run. Mm -hmm. Not as much as Breaking Three, but I actually, you know. I actually, I said that when I talked to him. I said uh, he's like the page views are off the hook for this uh, article about Sarah Sellers, and uh, I said, well, it couldn't have been as big as Breaking Three, and uh, he kind of, kind of chuckled. Yeah, uh -huh. I think it was a little bit more uh, than break, Breaking uh -huh. Three, so. I don't know. Anyways. Well, whatever it is, Ellen, I hope you enjoyed the interview. <laughs> All right. Well, great, great stuff there. Uh, she mentioned uh, in the interview uh, the first place finisher in the men's race, Yuki. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'd forgotten that he had passed her. And then. What know, if when he passed her, he was wearing his patented <laughs> panda bear costume? <laughs> that would have been. That probably would have been disheartening. I was also her. thinking that, like. When Sarah Sellers is running down the straightaway and she thinks the crowd is cheering for her and then Yuki passes her and she thinks she has that moment where she's like, oh, they're cheering for him. Mm -hmm. What if that was so disheartening she just dropped out right there? That would have cost her a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> We'd still interview her, though. That would yeah, still be definitely. a good story. I'm glad she didn't. No, I'm glad she didn't. She was uh, the second-place finisher, 16 seconds in front of the uh, the third-place finisher. Yuki was just in front of her finishing the race. Uh, he finished you know, right around that 215, 214 mark uh, mm -hmm. to win the race. Uh, it comes out later, uh, and this is what I wanted to mention to you, uh, Docs, that Brett mm -hmm. Lanier of Japan Running, he's, he's, uh, he writes for Japan Running, uh, came out and said his sole purpose in the race was to break Galen Rupp. And that was what Yuki wanted to do. Yuki, Yuki went out there and he wanted to just break Galen Rupp. That was it. That was what his purpose was. And early on in the race, you know, he takes a, a pretty big lead and the announcers are saying, well, this is not going to end well for him. And he uh -huh. ends up winning the race. Uh, there was mention of some of the elites were like, oh, I'm not worried about him. He'll come back. And uh, he, he just he never did. So uh, I'm, I, th this is evidence of us not having discussed what we were going to talk about. <laughs> I, I can't believe this. All right, I know. It is, so does it, does it say why? Uh, you know, this was on, on Let's Run.com, so uh, it's it's kind of hard to... Uh, this I is why we need Joanna here. I, I can't link it back to an article mm -hmm. that... Uh, uh, that Lanier actually uh, uh, wrote so you, on the you on might the piece. be you might be spreading uh, rumors. Let's run rumors. But I, it could be let's run rumors, but it sounds like he he was you know sort of halfway on the record, halfway off the record, mm -hmm. uh, saying this because he did write an article uh, for that that was posted on si.com Sports Illustrated. So, and then later on, I think what was edited out, he he went on to say, and mm -hmm. and this made you know kind of the let's run uh, message board or places okay. of that sort. So, what do you think about that? I think it's, um, I think people get their motivations uh, to run and to to uh, compete in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm usually not a <laughs> negative reinforcement type guy. I think it's crazy that you would go out there and say I'm going to break him and that's going to propel me to win the race usually i think it's more positive reinforcement that would help you win the race uh you know we're going to run as a pack we're going to work together those things uh but uh that 
wasn't his attitude. So I think it's, I think it's unique. Uh, I think it's different, but I think he's a unique, different type of runner. But do, yeah, so I guess when I heard that though, it'd be like it, it's almost like if he could get Galen Rupp to drop out of the race, then he would have been fine dropping out of the race himself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if that was his sole yeah. goal, yeah. And that's that's what I'm having trouble processing. Yeah. Uh, but it, but if you're saying like. But and and I'd also would want to dissect or want more information in, into like what is it? What's his motivation to break Galen Rupp? Does he see this as a a challenger? Does he see him as as potentially somebody who's who's uh, pushing the envelope and and doesn't belong in the sport? Is it like what what would it be about Galen Rupp that that would also make him want to do that? Like is he he sees Galen Rupp as as the top guy and so he just wants to maybe you know David it. Goliath type maybe, thing? Maybe uh, that that could be it. Now I'll read his quotes here uh, that that uh, Lanier uh, uh, posted in this Let's Run dot com message board uh, thread here. He said, concentrating only on Rupp was the best approach I could take, Yuki said. It kept me from getting distracted by all the others. Over the middle stages of the race through 25K, Yuki made a series of surges to keep pace moving whenever it slowed beyond his liking, refusing to let Rupp and others rest and conserve energy in the cold. I couldn't let them get comfortable. As expected, Rupp stayed in the pack, whatever the pace, uh, but uh, Yuki's last surge splintered the pack and among those in the pack was Rupp and that's what he was looking to do so that's uh that I just thought it was it was interesting uh that you know that he was gunning for there was a lot of as Sarah mentioned there was a lot of you know elites best in the world runners in Mm -hmm. in this in this event on both men's and women's side people with water bottles (laughs) including Rupp who Mm -hmm. Rupp did win the Chicago Marathon you know last year he did yes so uh you know that that he he obviously was a favorite so yeah so I mean it 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 sounds to me like uh, a couple things one it sounds like this is going to come as a shock that the let's run message board is blowing something out of proportion (laughs) uh and two it sounds like um, he saw Galen Rupp as, as a tough competitor and, and wanted to key off of him and didn't want to try to run numbers on 40 different people while he was running. You, you probably are right about the let's run and, blowing it up a little bit too. You probably are. <laughs> and it sounds to me also like he wasn't trying to break Galen Rupp and would have been happy, you know, taking the, the T home from mile 18 as long as Galen didn't make it to 18. so Well, we will link to these, these message board threads. Uh, we'll also link to Are we really going to feed into that? I like some gossip here and there. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was, we had a legit interview, and now we've got, you know. Some... Let's, let's uh, test the other sides of the water. Right, yeah. right. I think more so what we should focus on is, is that Pace the Nation should sign Yuki as well as Sarah. <laughs> right. Because I still think that that he will run and win a major marathon wearing a Chewbacca costume, which is very much what Pace the Nation is about. Oh, we we are Chewbacca so, costume with a Pace the Nation singlet. Would so be. let's let's yes yes Chewbacca with a Pace the Nation singlet. Let's sign both of them. Yuki, if you're listening, this is your opportunity. So just a lot of uh, stuff from the Boston Marathon docs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've spent two weeks of content, um, mm-hmm. pretty much filled up two shows talking about the Boston Marathon. How long will we continue to milk it? Three, four months? <laughs> Probably. Talking about the Boston well, I, I Marathon? Wanted to, wanted to bring up a tweet uh, about the Boston Marathon that uh, one of our 
biggest listeners, Caitlin Kay. And former guest. And former guest, uh, sent out uh, over the Twitter sphere this week. Uh, she posted a video of Desi winning the race, and she uh, put yeah. it to the Titanic music. Yes. And she's got over 7,000 likes. I know. And over 1,700 retweets. Yes. Pretty viral. I would call that viral. Oh, it's definitely viral. Impressive. As as somebody who um, talks about social media courses. Mm -hmm. By by the way, Sarah, if you're still listening, uh, Farley has (laughs) a social media course. Since you said that you're new to Twitter and and, uh, you don't really know how to navigate there. Um, But if I'm giving... Fair advice, I would say, don't take his class. It's ridiculous. Well, I didn't. I didn't want to ask her. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to ask her if she wanted to be part of my class on the first time mm-hmm. we met. You know. I know. We'll but, talk to her a few more times. But what I'm I'm saying, like, she ever goes back and listens to the catalog and realizes that you have these social media rules and all that stuff. Just so you know, he's okay. a hypocrite and it's ridiculous. <laughs> but what I do want to say is that, um, how does it make you feel, somebody who, who has a social media class and and feels like like social media is such a big part of your life that Caitlin Kay has a viral tweet that's gotten way more traction than anything you've ever done on social media. (laughs) And, and Sarah's got more followers in the first 30 minutes that she's on Twitter than you'll ever dream of. How does that make you feel? Uh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> it's my immediate reaction. Yeah, that, I was like, I these girls are destroying Farley yeah, yeah, yeah. in the social I media never, game. I never thought of it that way, but it makes me feel pretty small when you bring it up mm-hmm. and put it in that context. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Uh, but my point was, Docs, mm-hmm. uh, loyal listener Caitlin Kay, uh, phenomenal job on that tweet. Uh, she, she had you know, a ton of pro runners uh, retweeting it and talking yeah, about it. Yeah, well, I know. I well saw played. that it was constantly in my Twitter feed, well uh, people talking about her her tweet. It was a good tweet, too. Um, congratulations, Caitlin Kay. Um, Farley will never accomplish anything that great. <laughs> well, I, speaking of the uh, speaking of our loyalist listeners, uh, mm-hmm. we had a happy hour last week. Which and Caitlin Kay didn't show up to because yeah. she was too busy being a celebrity. Actually, maybe she's she doesn't want to hang out with Pace Nation anymore. She's big time. She's too big time for us. Well, let us know, Caitlin Kay. Uh, tweet <laughs> us at Pace Nation. Uh, whether you are or not, just let us know where we stand. Uh, but we did have a <laughs> we did have a happy hour, and I'm going to close uh, the the the, uh, the show with this. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, this happy hour was only attended by one third of the hosts uh-huh. of the show, uh, so I apologize for that. Uh, I, I felt like I, I did my duty in letting you guys know that I wasn't going to be there on last week's show, so I feel like I kind of let I, I let I washed yeah, myself pro- of the guilt. No, well, that's ridiculous <laughs> that you you're you're, you're guilt free on not showing up to an event which you said you could go and and uh, agreed that Some that was the best that. date to, Some to work for you. That, yep. Um, also, so here's, here's the sequence of events on Thursday, we recorded our show Mm -hmm. and Farley says, Oh, I'm not going to this event. That's tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. So on Friday, um, I go to the event and I'm the only one who's there from, from the pace of nation hosts. And then on Monday we release the show where Farley says he's not going. So (laughs) With the, the space-time continuum, you do realize that when I got there, I had to answer to every single person, where's Farley? Uh, I forgot about that. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really 
realize that actually. Right. I apologize. Like, everybody who came to the happy hour also was not in studio listening to That's you <laughs> and your lame excuse for not coming That's to the true. happy hour. I do feel like if they asked about me, I, I, that makes me feel good. So thank you for asking. Um, it's it feels good to be wanted. It, it was they were asking in a very annoyed tone. <laughs> right. Okay. And where's Farley this time? <laughs> Uh, but what I didn't realize is that we get the text from Joanna, and she probably let us know uh, earlier, but that she wasn't going to be there either. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, wow, I didn't even know how to respond because we left Docs on an island. Mm-hmm. And, and if you remember a couple episodes ago, I, I told you guys <laughs> that in social settings, I need to That's have true. the uh, safety rails. Right, right. I need those safety rails. And then they just set me free. They pushed me out of the nest and said, fly, little bird, fly. Well, I, I apologize again. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, don't apologize to me, actually. Apologize to the to the listeners. Although we all voted on it and it was unanimous. It was, we were happy you didn't show up. Everybody was like, it's so much better. It's a much better time that we can talk about what we want to talk that's, about. That's true. Uh, so it sounded like it was a great time. It was cool, uh, yeah. We had a, was a good crowd. A send-off to loyal listener Satya Morthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so congrats to Satya on his new gig and... He's moving to where? Where is he moving? Hotlanta. Hotlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that because he's posted that on social media. Yeah. All right. So he, I, I don't like to tell other people's business, right. but if you put it out there on the internet, then yeah, that's that is. What are you going to talk about it? That, that, that's very true. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a, some, and somebody had a cake made in, for him. Intern Joanna, who Fantastic. did show up, yep. continued her her uh, streak. Her streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, she baked a cake, which was incredible. It was a chocolate cake, mm-hmm. which. Actually, I guess the two situations. If you get second place in the Boston Marathon, you get a chocolate cake. And if you uh, move to Atlanta, you get a chocolate That's cake. Right. That's so there's right. two situations yep. that, that deem chocolate cakes. Worthy. Yep. So, so we had a chocolate cake, and she went up, intern Joanna, went to the bar, uh, asked the bartender if she could get a big knife, mm-hmm. and they just gave it to her. Like <laughs> this huge knife, like a, like a Crocodile Dundee knife. Just asked for it. That's phenomenal. I don't think that bars should be handing out knives like that. Now, it was very good. It, it, it was very helpful for us to, to slice the cake into equal pieces. Uh, but it also concerned me that, that, that the bartenders yeah. were so free and, and, and flowing <laughs> with, with their with, knives. With alcohol and sometimes yeah. some arguments. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a big steak knife. Not even, not even asking three questions. <laughs> yeah, you know? that, that is There were no concerning. follow-up questions. Oh, you need a knife? Yeah, sure. Here. Just <laughs> make sure I get that back. That's concerning. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you to everybody who showed up. Sounded like it was a great time. Well, the the and I know how much you like streaks, and yeah. we talked about intern Joanna streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is intact. The longest streak, Julia Taylor, hmm. uh, has been extended. Nice. Um, and I think that, and I don't want to call her out here, this, but I'm going to. Uh, I think that that we're building this this uh, happy hour streak up too much. We're putting a lot of pressure on her, yeah. especially that we're setting the schedule. Right. Um, so, don't feel like you've got to show up to the next one that mm-hmm. ends up in uh, I don't know wherever we're going to be Atlanta right. or wherever it's going to be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, Atlanta won the bid for the uh, the Olympic trials in 2020 for the marathon. So uh, every, everybody's oh, crashing okay. so, at everybody's crashing at Satya's oh, place. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. That, that'll be oh, Pace and Nation invited down to Atlanta for the. Uh, 2020 Olympic trials. You know what's crazy is I talked to Satya about where he's going to live. Mm-hmm. I've actually stayed down there many, many times in the neighborhood that he's, he's going to live he lives wow. now. Yeah, that's awesome. So I know that area probably better than he does. Well, thanks again, uh, 
to everybody showing up, and Satya will continue to enjoy seeing you on Twitter. And uh, well, we told him he could to still show. come to the happy hours. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that would be a tough streak to keep up. All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we also have a store in Princeton, New Jersey, where the print, where the New Jersey Marathon is happening this weekend. I mentioned that earlier, uh, that the New Jersey Marathon is, is going to be this weekend, uh, and Pacers Running is putting it on. I did not mention that this is going to be my attempt at the sub-three-hour marathon. Mm-hmm. Trying to knock it out early so I don't have to wait till December. So this will be 20 years for the streak. Uh, no asterisk needed. There is I an asterisk it, on if, it. If I can get it done on Sunday. Um, no asterisk needed for 2018 if you get it done on Sunday. <laughs> so this is another space-time continuum thing. Right. You don't want the pressure on it. Right. You'll have already run the marathon Correct. when the show comes out. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And for, for all of our new listeners, Farley has uh, run sub-three hours in the marathon all but one year <laughs> over the last 19 years, and this is going to be the 20th year that he goes for that. I've run it all 20 years. Go back and well, listen there's an to asterisk. the archives. There's an asterisk. <laughs> listen to the archives to mm-hmm. figure out uh, why there's no asterisk needed. No, there is an asterisk that, that explains that year. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't think you understand what uh, an asterisk does. <laughs> I, know. I think we've had this discussion <laughs> 500 times on the show. I know. Farley, I have a Boston question for you. Yes. When, when you were at the Boston Marathon... Uh, in the preview, you said that you were going to go out and, and bike the uh, oh, the, yeah, the yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we came back, and you didn't recap that. Yeah, because it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> because of the because, weather. Was it because of the bike clips? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was because that whole event was bagged. Fortunately, uh-huh. I was so bailed, at, bailed out. You were. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I mentioned a few weeks ago, and this is why it didn't come up again, that I was going to bike the marathon course when they closed it. On midnight, uh, yeah. the day before the race, so you, uh, I was, I had a hotel at the finish line. I was going to bike from the finish line to the start line, back to the finish line. You know, fifty-two plus miles. Uh, fortunately for me, and for anybody who's never listened to this episode, any episodes before, yep. they asked him what kind of bike. And and he says that he wants the bike with the clip-on shoes, which he doesn't have. <laughs> I don't have the shoes. And he doesn't know what he's doing, so why would he say that? Well, it I just, didn't wanna... To me, it just seemed like it was going to be a complete disaster, and I figured you didn't bring it up because it was a complete disaster, <laughs> which is why I'm asking you about it. Well, I'm I, disappointed I, I, that, they bailed, that the weather bailed so, you out. So basically, I, I didn't want to uh, act like, you know... A, a total newbie yeah you wanted to act like you've been there before which is really smart when you're doing a 52 mile bike ride right so, with guys that bike 52 miles regularly. before lunch every day right, and 52 right. miles after lunch every day right so fortunately the weather for me fortunately the weather was uh was pretty bad yeah. the night of the the, the night we were going to do the the 52 mile bike ride yeah. so they just bagged it uh-huh uh so I, I mean, I, and I which is it. ironic because uh, then you go watch this event and you see all these people not bagging the marathon the <laughs> well, next day. I, I needed optimal weather. If I was going to do fifty-two miles, I needed pristine, perfect weather. So and fifty-two weeks to train right, for that. That's probably true. So uh, no, I, I it it didn't happen for any of us, fortunately. So I wasn't okay. put in the tough position of having to figure out how to clip in. Uh, well, that's too bike. bad. Maybe New Balance can do another event where they can embarrass you with a bike ride. <laughs> Yeah, Put well, that on the calendar, please. Yes. All right, episode 152 in the books. 152. Can you believe it? Great episode. 
Thank you to Sarah Sellers for joining us. She was the second place finisher at the Boston Marathon. It's just, second I, place. I, just, I keep saying it, I know. It's just mm -hmm. incredible. Uh, the Boston Marathon second place finisher, Sarah Sellers, joined us today on Pace Nation. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you to Docs. Thank you to Joanna, who is in New Jersey, getting ready for the New Jersey Marathon. Thank you to intern Joanna. And thank you to you, the listener. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week. keep acting surprised every every time you say how many episodes we've done <laughs> so when you say 153 I'm like, 153 just do the same reaction yeah we may be going with the first take yeah, <laughs> we'll joins us next here at pay jesus Ooh, christ you're jesus terrible god, this today this is not that hard yeah another marathon this year where the weather was not so good was obviously the boston marathon it happened a week and a half ago, and it was probably some of the worst weather that Boston's ever seen for Patriots Day on Marathon Monday. Well, that's pretty specific. Why don't you, why don't you go out on the edge and say uh, the worst weather Boston's ever seen ever? That's the worst weather Boston's ever mm -hmm. seen ever. Uh, I, they probably have seen worse days in January or February. But, mm -hmm. yeah, worst weather they've ever seen April in April. Uh, how about that? All right, that? just go back to the specific Patriots Day. <laughs> that's fine. The weather is going to be great in Jersey, but the weather was not good at the Boston Marathon. Do you know how I knew you were going to say that? Why? Because this is take five. <laughs> <laughs> we should just go with the first take. I don't know. One more time. One more time. We're okay. Just, right, here we go. You know, one one athlete persevered, and uh, let's just let's just go with the first. One. <laughs> But that's good. That's this is like uh, you can't do scripted TV. You ha we have to do improv. We're an improv uh, company. Just go with the first one. It was, it was fine. Okay. It wasn't great, but it was fine. I'm not she, gonna give she, it. She reminds me of Dana Coons. Yes, I was thinking I mean, the same well, fucking thing. Like she talks just like her. Just like I mean, yeah. and just sort of the I, same. I was. Like, I was, Personality? I was freaking believable. I was going to say mid, mid interview, I was like, we could have just gotten Dana to come <laughs> on and impersonate her. In the future, we can get Dana to come on and, and impersonate her. She's not going to answer. Yeah. She, Joanna doesn't know, uh, as a millennial, she doesn't know that that thing that she uses 
to take pictures <laughs> <laughs> is something that you can talk to somebody else. Like she thinks that like you can only text them, you know. It's it's very true. That that that's why she's wondering like why is this? She's thing like what what no, what is this noise? What this is this, this? My camera, yeah. <laughs> my camera slash texting machine is making. What the hell is going on? What happened to my camera screen? It's just Chris Farley. What, what is he who, doing who? to my phone? What has he done to my phone? Oh my gosh. 